If you're feeling God call you to pivot life as you know it by leaving your career plans to start an online business and you're terrified of how you'd ever actually pull that off, then you're a mama with a calling and this is the podcast for you. Here's where we'll talk about everything from choosing the right business and running it as a mom to biblical inspiration and motivation to conquer your fears. Because even though it's causing you some anxiety, you're also excited because you know God's calling you to it. And that means you're headed to a life with more joy, fulfillment, and purpose like you've always wanted. Hi, I'm Alexia Carrillo, fellow Mama with the Calling, and I'm passionate about helping other moms like you step into their calling and not stay stuck in their career for fear of going against the grain. I believe it's okay to pivot and follow God's calling on your life without the guilt or shame for not doing what the world says you should do. This is the Mama with the Calling podcast where we'll figure out how you can actually make this wild calling on your life become a reality. Let's grab some coffee and dive in. All right. Welcome back to the Mama with a Calling podcast. Today, I have Ann Swindell on the podcast, and she's going to be talking to us about how to find peace in the middle of overwhelm, which we obviously need to hear. So just a little bit about Ann. Ann and her writing have been featured widely by the Gospel Coalition, Risen Motherhood, Encourage, Proverbs 31 Ministries, and many other publications. She is the owner of Writing with Grace, where she teaches Christ-centered writing courses and holds a master's in writing from DePaul University and one in creative nonfiction writing from Seattle Pacific University. And she lives in West Michigan with her pastor pastor, husband and their children. (laughs) Thanks so much for being on the podcast today, Ian. Yeah, it's a joy. Thanks for having me, Alexia. I'm excited because you have this new book called The Path to Peace, Experiencing God's Comfort When You're Overwhelmed, um, which is perfect for this audience because I talk about on the podcast quite a bit how to overcome overwhelm, um, often taking either experiences from my own life or from the Bible and kind of applying those, which it sounds like that's what the book does. So absolutely, I think that'll be perfect um, <laughs> because a lot of times we are overwhelmed and we know that we want to have peace and that we should be able to have peace, but we don't really know how to actually take what we're hearing in church and things and applying it to our lives. So this is a really right. important conversation and yeah. I'm glad that we are going to be talking about it. Great. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So, okay. So first, just kind of diving in, can you share with us a little bit about your story and how it led you to write this book? Yeah. So, um, man, where to start? Isn't that with all stories, right? I I will say, so we've been a ministry family for almost as long as we've been married. Michael and I are coming up on 16 years. And I mean, as with ministry, as with, I think most callings in life, there are highs and lows, ups and downs. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, I run my own business called writing with grace, as you said, where I get to teach and coach and lead uh, Christian female writers. And I love it. So a couple years ago, we were living in Texas and my husband was a pastor on staff at a church. I was doing the business side of what I was doing, raising our kids. And my husband got fired for speaking the truth at a church which was really hard and extremely Mm -hmm. painful. And what it did, Alexia, was it kind of showed me uh, places in my journey with Jesus, places in my faith where my my peace had really been coming from circumstances Mm -hmm. as opposed to coming from Christ himself. Mm -hmm. Because when those circumstances got shaken and our lives were turned upside down literally overnight, Mm -hmm. it was such a shock. Um, we 
you know, we were in the middle of this whole new reality of life with no job and still a mortgage to pay and two little kids. And we lived right near all of Michael's family. So we're thinking, gosh, we don't want to leave. And I just had this realization, like, I am so anxious. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so stressed out. Um, and I wish that my response was different. Like it's, it's legitimate, right? Anytime we face big life transitions or challenges or grief to feel those feelings. Mm -hmm. But that anxiety for me went on for a really long time. And it was in many ways, the kindness of the Lord that in that season, he showed me that my peace was dependent on external things as opposed to my relationship with him. And so he invited me on this journey to learn how to find that unshakable peace that comes from Christ alone. And that's what this book was born out of, was the study that I was doing in my own life, the walk that I was taking with Jesus is how this book was born. Um, yeah, I mean, that's unfortunate, right? But I also yeah. think that God is just good about taking those circumstances mm -hmm. that kind of throw us for a loop. Then we have two options in the middle of that, right? To just continue to kind of fumble around yep. um, or some people like turn away from God. Like, why did you let this mm -hmm. happen? And you may even go through some of that, but in a, but if you come to God with it, it's like, we can just learn how to find that peace. I did a similar thing. And I think a lot of women I'm hoping will yeah. do the same as they go through something tough. Like for me, it was when I left my job, even just the feeling of wanting to leave, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's one thing to be like cast out. And a lot of women today may have been, maybe they've been let go for COVID or whatever reason. Right. And um, you sort of feel like you're kind of tossed out, but then it gets you thinking. And when there's something that's like hard like that, um, like for me, I, when I was going through this whole thing, I was like, I know I want to do this, but this is hard. And yeah. it, it creates this, this thing where you realize like, my piece is it was in my job. It was in my income. It was in whatever right. we had, you know, and then you're reading in scripture and it's like, but it says there's like, I don't like these two things aren't together. You know, and you go on that journey. Yeah, totally. Well, and I think it's, it's important for us to acknowledge that God understands that very human reaction of dealing with hard circumstances with that initial like knee jerk reaction of, Oh my gosh, what's going to happen. What, what are we going to do? Mm -hmm. He totally understands that. And you actually in the scripture, you see the biblical men and women, like they had responses like this a lot of times too. I mean, Moses, when God called him to go be the, uh, the leader of his people and to lead his people out of slavery in Egypt, mm -hmm. his first response is no, thank you. Like, mm -hmm. I do not want this. Right. I'm not cut out for this. He begs God, please send somebody else. Mm -hmm. And yet the Lord in his kindness, and it truly is a kindness to Moses. He doesn't let Moses wiggle out of his calling mm -hmm. and there is blessing and fruitfulness and peace ultimately that Moses experiences in his relationship with the living God because of a calling that was hard for him and one that he wouldn't have chosen for himself. I like what you said about, he didn't let him wiggle out of it because that story, I mean, I talk about it all the time on the podcast mm -hmm. because one day I was like sick and I was sitting there and I was reading through that. And I was just like, Moses had imposter syndrome. Like he didn't think he could do this, you know, <laughs> but the, so that story, like God has just used that story over and over for me, but I didn't think about it in that way where it's like, yes, God needed I me. Mean, he chose Moses to do it. So he needs to do yeah. this thing. But it's also for Moses, like you said, it's like, if he would just be like, okay, fine. Then he would have missed out on all the things. And Moses comes back a, a number of other times, like, God, what are you doing? Like, just, kill me now. <laughs> you know, um, 
but yeah, I mean, there's well, and, just so yeah, good. And how good of God, right. To, to give us the full example of Moses's story. So we're not just thinking like, oh, great. God came to Moses in a burning bush and Moses was like, sure, I'm on it. Let's go. No, we see multiple places in Moses's story where he did. He kept like pushing back against this calling in his life. And yet God kept him in it. And there was joy, great joy and peace, not only for Moses, but for a million plus Israelites mm-hmm. who got to walk in their own freedom because Moses obeyed God in the hard calling that he didn't initially want. Right. Yeah. I think that um, there are so many examples of, you know, not just that story, but I, I think that's interesting how, like you said, God gives us the whole story. Cause I've thought about that a lot. Like they could have, if man was just, you know, manipulating it, it could have just yeah. been like the positive side of things, but you see the ups and downs of everybody. And it's, Absolutely. you get to see this full story and it's so powerful. There's so much so much in there. Mm-hmm. So let's get into that a little bit. Well, well, yeah. first I want to ask, like, I think of when, when I was thinking about peace, a lot of times I think peace means everything's going great in our lives mm. and nothing's going wrong. So that's <laughs> not necessarily true. Right. So right. speak a little bit to, about that and like what the Bible says about peace and what it looks, yeah. what it can yeah. be like for us as Christians. Yeah. So, you know, I will agree with you. Like the world's definition of peace is totally circumstantial. It really is based on is your life going smoothly? Are circumstances going the way that you want them to like, then you can be at peace. Are you on a tropical vacation? You can feel peaceful. You can, the world's concept of peace has to do with these emotions of tranquility or ease, um, or just kind of a sense of like, Oh, I'm happy about life. That's not the biblical concept of peace. The, as I was studying, you know, this biblical concept of, um, shalom. And there are other Hebrew words that, um, undergird this biblical idea of peace, but what it really is biblically is having peace means having a soul that is at rest in God, having a soul that is contented in the Lord, having a soul that, um, is secure right where you are because of who God is Mm -hmm. and because of your relationship with him. Those are the only two things that ultimately dictate our peace is knowing who Christ Jesus is and then knowing that our relationship with him is secure. And it is out of that relationship with Jesus that we can have a peace that, as the word says, surpasses all understanding, doesn't make sense in the midst of crazy, wild situations, but our souls can be at rest even when the world is swirling around us. It's beautiful, but it's true. I mean, that's what it says, but it's like when we put it in that package, it just sounds so amazing. And Mm. I often think about, um, I mean, you know, Paul talks about peace a lot and you're like, you're in prison. How could like, what, how do you do that? And Jesus, a lot of times he's just like, you know, his own brothers are kind of like making fun of him and mocking him. And he just, I mean, of course we don't have an emotion behind it, but just, you just assume he's just at peace because he's just He's unruffled. Yeah. Yeah. And like when Peter, I mean, he's telling Peter like, no, you're going to deny me three times. And then after he doesn't say like, how dare you? I can't believe you. No, he just, he knows. I told you so. (laughs) Yeah. He, and I just, he just is so at peace with him and the father are good. Like he knows that God's telling him to do this. So he's doing this and he's just, he understands that. And it's, um, it's this thing that it feels like we want, I mean, we have access to, right. But we don't always know how to get there. So what are some things that, um, 
keep us from experiencing that peace? Because if we want it, why aren't we experiencing it? Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, several things come to mind, but I think there is a cultural reality where we are told over and over to rely on what we can see, taste Mm -hmm. and touch to get our peace. Right. So again, I mean, it seems kind of ridiculous, but if you ask me and probably most people like, okay, give me a visual image of peace. I'm like on the beach with my flip-flops kicked off. You know, there's this sense of like, I have to get away from everything to be at peace, or I have to step out of my normal life and the Mm -hmm. stressors of my job and my family and my community to be at peace. And so part of the reason I think we don't experience this peace as much as we could is in part because we don't expect that we can experience it. We think that we have to step outside of our current life in order to access this magical feeling of tranquility. The beautiful thing that I have seen, though, studying the word of God and studying this reality is that the biblical men and women, their life circumstances were nuts. I mean, they were crazy and none of them chose the lives that they were given. Mm-hmm. And yet they, I see and we see time and again in scripture that they experienced peace in the middle of the lives they were in. You know, Joseph experienced peace in prison. As you said, Paul experienced peace in prison. And not just peace, but joy, abundant joy, where he's singing hymns and witnessing to mm-hmm. the jailers. Um, we see precious Hannah who dealt with infertility. Like she went through a season of great anxiety and vexation. And then she encountered God in a really beautiful way and was able to leave that place in peace, even though her circumstances didn't immediately change. Mm -hmm. And so I think a reason we don't experience peace a lot is because we're not expecting that God will give us his peace, that we have access to Christ's peace in the middle of our lives. And we don't have to leave our lives to experience that gift that we're given through the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. No, that's good. And I think, you know, as we read the Bible, a lot of times, you know, you set us some different examples there and we see these stories or, you know, we're reading them, but it's like, we don't know always how to apply them to our lives today or thinking, well, I'm not in prison, you know, I'm just (laughs) struggling with this or that. Yeah. So it's like, how do we read Mm. the Bible? Like what advice do you have? I mean, I've, I've learned to do this over the past few years, but there's, it's kind of like a thing where I think a lot of Christians don't do this, where they're not reading either at all, because they're just going to church on Sunday and they don't know how, um, or they are reading, but they still don't know how to take what they're reading and applying it to their lives and, and, you know, applying it or hearing what God has to say to them through that in their current circumstance. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I mean, I kind of feel like you threw me a nice softball pitch here because uh, (laughs) unintentionally, maybe that's actually a huge part of my heart behind this book. And that's, this was kind of the risk I took actually with this whole book concept for the path to peace, because what I've tried to do is kind of lovingly break down that barrier between biblical men and women where we are right. I think absolutely right to consider, you know, Moses and Ruth and Abraham and Sarah and Paul and Mary, like they are heroes of the faith. They were also just men and women. Mm -hmm. They were ordinary men and women who God called and they obeyed. And so part of, I think what, what has to happen first for us to be able to honestly apply the word of God to our lives is to rightly see 
these men and women for who they are. They weren't supernatural, godly freaks mm-hmm. of nature, you know, right. Mary, the mother of Jesus, she was a faithful woman of God, but she's, she's mom. She was just a mom. Like a lot mm-hmm. of us, Ruth, who had been widowed and was a foreigner in a foreign land. Like she was not some super special godly woman. When the scriptures open up, she was just wife of a man who then finally said yes to God in a pretty radical way. And so part of what I do with each of these sections in the path to peace is I open up every uh, chapter with a fictional element of retelling Mm. the stories of these biblical men and women based on biblical study. So I'm not trying to add anything, right? Right. But to give us a glimpse, yeah, a glimpse of what it might've been like to be a human with dusty feet on these roads, walking these stories so that we then can say, oh man, you know, if, if I see that Mary Magdalene was overcoming oppression and darkness and um, depression and anxiety, I can connect that to my own life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can see places in my own heart where I've dealt with those things. And yet we also see this is where Christ met her. This is how God extended his peace to her in the middle of her darkness and fear and concerns about the future. Um, you know, same thing with like the disciples, I have a whole section on the disciples and it was so fun to dive into what their relationships might've been like and what they dealt with getting to live with Jesus, but then also making all these huge mistakes and thinking, okay, if they are fighting with each other and arguing over who's the greatest and having a hard time forgiving, if I can look at their stories through the lens of this is absolutely the word of God, but they were also just humans. Mm -hmm. I can start to understand how the same things that Christ said to them apply to my heart and can enable me to walk in his peace and his truth every day. So it's funny that you mentioned like redoing the stories because well, one not read, but you know, like giving them a different spin. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons I think, I mean, I love the chosen because they put it like helps you see the reality. Right. And, um, of course there's, they did their best to like research and make their best assumptions and all of that, yep. but still it just helped when you can recognize that these are people mm-hmm. and understanding how they must've seen Jesus. One of the things that stood out to me about that. And even when I read scripture now, I, when I read stories about Jesus, I'm like, okay, if they were like drawn to him, it's not because he's floating around, like in this somber state of being like, <laughs> I am so regal, right? He's like, a person and he's yes. hanging out with them and um because they like wanted to be with them before they knew what he was you know right um, right and so I just think that that's a different way and I was just telling a friend of mine I was like you know I wish I could take some of the stories from the bible and like explain them to my son that way like mm-hmm. to be able to put like a full story beginning and end not just like these you know like the way a story is told yeah. like in a series yeah. like that um for kids so that they could see that it's a real person, all all of those Mm -hmm. things. So I think that's really awesome that you did that in the book, because like you said, it really helps. I mean, that's a great way to like break down that barrier of here's what it might feel like. Cause when you're reading, it really helps to say like, what were they thinking and what were they probably thinking or put trying to put yourself in their shoes, being that the, you know, the things they said, wasn't like, if you're looking at disciples, you're looking at Paul, like we were just studying in a Bible study, like Galatians, when is it like, yeah, in Galatians, when Paul kind of calls out Peter, right? Mm-hmm. So you have all these emotions, like, 
is somebody right? right? Is somebody wrong? It's like, maybe, I mean, you know, you, you doesn't mean yep. they're perfect. Right. Right. Um, and so just so, sort of like putting yourself in, in their shoes is a great way uh, to do that. Yeah. Well, and that's my hope, right. Is that, um, I mean, this is not a fiction book. It's a nonfiction book, but it has these elements of fiction to kind of right. lovingly jar our hearts to, to think in a fresh way about mm-hmm. the word so that when we are reading the word and reflecting on it in our own lives, yeah, we can hopefully have kind of a new appreciation for what these people walked through and for how God continued to show up in the middle of their very human lives with their very human need for peace and comfort. Mm -hmm. And God has never failed to do that for his people. And so it's an encouragement to my heart to think like, the stories that we have in the word show us this consistency of God and his faithfulness to his people. And that's the same God that we serve today. He hasn't changed. He hasn't altered. You know, James remind us, reminds us that he's the father of lights. He doesn't change like shifting shadows. And so the same God that he was for Peter, for Paul, for Mary, for Hannah, for Ruth, it's the same God that he is for us today. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important because we often like see a story. We're like, that's awesome that he did that to them. But then it's like, must be truths, right. About the God's character. And if God can't change, then why can't he answer that prayer for us today? Or why couldn't he, you know, do that, do that for us? Like, I think about the story, this isn't only about peace. Maybe it is about Peter when he (laughs) he brings in like all the fish, right. Mm -hmm. And in the chosen, they kind of portray it as like, he was needing this tax pay, Mm -hmm. you know, he needed the money, but still, I mean, he obviously was overwhelmed with, Oh, like this is his business. And basically it's like giving him this giant, income source, you know, probably to pay for the fact that he's getting ready to leave his wife, but he needs to have money, but still it's like, he's (laughs) overwhelmed by that. And I think, I think about that a lot. Cause I'm like, if we are in a financial situation, Mm -hmm. we almost think like God wouldn't. And it's like, but God did. And God has a no all over the Bible. It gives people, you know, abundance and prosperity and he shows up for them. So why would he not show up for you now? So just taking those things and then, you know, applying those truths to our life is just so important. Totally. And to, I think what's, what's been great for me too, with writing this book is, as I've been studying these eight, you know, different men and women from the Bible, God shows up for each of them so uniquely in their story. Every time it's not like every time when someone needs money, God provides a big amount of fish, you know, like, or every time when someone, um, man, the scripture has so many stories of infertility and barrenness. Like he doesn't, provide a child in the same way, in the same timing, every time it's so unique to each person in the word, just as he is with us. And so you're absolutely right that we, we have the opportunity to learn from the word of God, the character of God, the attributes of God, the promises that the scripture have for us. Mm-hmm. And then we can rely on those and lean into them and expect that God will move on our behalf, but expect that he will do it in his way and in his timing in the uniqueness and beauty of our lives. And so it's, it's an adventure, right? Like faith is faith because we can't see everything down the road. And yet we can trust that who God is, is who God has always been and who God will always be. And so we can rely on him, even when our circumstances are wild and crazy. Mm -hmm. And I think your book obviously sounds like it's going, you know, that takes people through these eight stories, but Mm -hmm. to then take that and keep looking at scripture and see more, because what happens, right, and hopefully is that when you when you do it this way and you mm-hmm. start to recognize these as truths, 
then you can hold on to them for your own Absolutely. peace, right? Like Absolutely. whatever you're going through, yeah. that's what gives you the peace is Absolutely. recognizing who he is and holding on to that. And that increases your faith. And like, you're sort of walking in that and holding on to that. Um, yeah. despite what's, or what's actually happening around you. Well, and that's part of the thing that, I mean, I'm just passionate about this in my own life. And I, I know that you are too, but like, I, do I want to write a beautiful book? Absolutely. But I know that the only thing that's actually going to stick with a reader with anyone is the word of God. Mm-hmm. Like hopefully my stories, hopefully what I've shared from my life, hopefully that encourages you and exhorts you to go claim the truths of scripture for yourself. But ultimately it's not my story. That's going to feed anybody. It's the word of God. It's Christ mm-hmm. himself, the word made flesh. And so it is, it's hopefully this book is a bridge, mm-hmm. you know, to help people make connections, mm-hmm. but the word of God is our bread. I mean, Jesus himself is the bread of life. And so as we feast on him, on his word, that is when we can start to apply the truths of who he is and what his word says to our daily lives. And so, yeah, my hope and prayer is that this book is going to point people ultimately back to the word of God so that they can feed on it for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, so when believers are feeling lack of peace, they're feeling overwhelmed with everything going on. What are some steps that they can do to start seeking out that peace? Yeah. Well, at the risk of sounding like a broken drum, um, obviously (laughs) spending time in the word, I would say three things come to mind primarily for me, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially when I'm, you know, there are seasons where we're like, I need peace. But then there are times when you're like, yeah, that acuteness of like, I am drowning and I need to not just like mentally assent to the Lord's peace, but know and experience the peace of Christ in the circumstance where I'm going to drown, whether it's in our business or our family relationships, whatever it is. So three things come to mind for me. And the first is, yeah, being in the word of God. And if you don't even know where to start, um, I will say, start in the gospels, you know, read the life of Jesus, start in John or in Matthew or in Mark um, and read the stories of who he is on the page and find some friends who will help you and teach you to study the word of God. So lean hard into the word of God. The Psalms are also really great when you're feeling anxious or stressed out to turn to the Psalms. Um, and even use those as your own prayers sometimes when you don't mm-hmm. have words to pray. Secondly, um, then that leads into prayer, which is this opportunity that we have to connect with God himself. And these are simple things, but they're hard to do when you're feeling stressed out. I actually just had a friend, uh, she and I were talking this last week and she's like, I don't even know how to pray in this circumstance. I said, that's okay. You can lean on the prayers of others, mm-hmm. lean on the prayers of David in the Psalms, mm-hmm. um, Lean on, there are some beautiful books that are available out in the world right now, liturgical prayers that you can lean on, the prayers of other saints throughout time. Um, Even the Book of Common Prayer from, you know, ages ago is a wonderful resource. So pray, bring your needs to God, thank him, but rely on him. And then thirdly, and I think this is a step that a lot of times as Christians, we miss just because it's hard, is to bring people in. Um, in your church community, ideally, hopefully we all are part of a local body of Christ. Um, if you're not grab some Christian friends and then hopefully get plugged into a church, but this is the opportunity when we have just that real felt need for Christ's peace, we get to allow the body of Christ to minister to us. But the truth is 
I mean, all of us, I don't know about you, but I, I usually wish that like people would just see my need from afar and reach out to me and be like, I've noticed you're you that a little down. Mm-hmm. Let me bring you dinner, you know, like, but who does that? I mean, mm-hmm. so 99 times out of hundred, I'm making up a statistic right now. We are going to have to be the ones to go to others in our church, in our community and say, guys, I'm struggling. I'm hurting. I'm anxious. I'm totally overwhelmed. I need help. Will you help me? Mm-hmm. And when they say yes, then say, okay, I need a meal this week. I need someone to watch my kids for a couple hours so we can go to marriage counseling. I need um, help paying for groceries this month, whatever it is. There is no shame in the body of Christ in opening up our needs and our hurts to one another. In fact, we are called to bear one another's burdens as unto the Lord. That is what we're called to do. Christ bears our burdens and he does that so often through his own body, through the church. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that's part of my encouragement and my exhortation is yes, absolutely. We need to be in the word of God. If we want to experience his peace, absolutely. We need to be praying and talking to our heavenly father, but absolutely. We, we need to be reaching out to a community of believers who can hold up our arms as Moses had those who held up his arms in the middle of the battle and can fill in our weaknesses so that we are not trying to experience God's peace alone. We were never meant to do that alone. And the body of Christ is meant to help heal itself. I think that is something that has really stood out to me lately about the community part, because mm-hmm. you read in scripture and they were a community. I mean, and Paul talks about it's all in the new Testament too, about being one yes. body and have this community in the church and all of that. But a lot of times, like I go to a really, it's not, I guess it's a big church. Um, and it's easy to just kind of get lost, but you can also get plugged in, but it takes yeah. this effort. Like you're talking about. Um, and it's, it it's being intentional about that. And I think as you were saying, um, well, two things came to mind, like one, we have, like you said, there's no shame, but we definitely feel shame. Yeah. About, well, definitely a lot of us do feel shame about coming in to, to tell somebody like I'm struggling because a lot of times yep. the, I feel like it's, it's cultural, but also it's, it's the enemy coming in and trying to have us believe a isolating ourselves yeah, right? and, and thinking that well, are you really that good of a Christian? If you're struggling, you know, if you're really a Christian, you wouldn't have anxiety. You wouldn't have fear. You wouldn't be overwhelmed. You wouldn't whatever. And so first of all, believe, like if you believe that lie, you're never going to reach out. Um, and then also if you just sit in that, you're just going to spiral. Right. So knowing those back to that, um, and like, that's the other thing I've, I've seen in the scripture. Um, that's the other thing though, Alexia, that I've seen in the scripture is that all of these stories, all the studies that I've been doing, none of these men and women went through life alone. None of them were trying to do it by themselves. You know, if we go back to Moses, God gave him a hard calling, but he also gave him Aaron Mm -hmm. and he also gave him a father-in-law who was wise and discerning. He -hmm. gave him a wife who helped him and saved his life on at least one occasion, you know? (laughs) Um, we see the disciples had each other as mixed up and crazy as that got, like they were really, they were the first small group, Mm -hmm. the first real church, small group, and they had plenty of issues, but they were able to uphold each other and ultimately change the world through the gospel and through their relationships time. And again, all Paul always had somebody younger or somebody alongside of him in his missionary journeys, you know, Mary, the mother of Jesus, God didn't leave her alone, Mm -hmm. gave her Joseph. So there is this recurring theme in the old and the new Testament 
that life with God is not meant to be done alone. I mean, yeah. Okay. Joseph in the pit in, in prison, um, God met him there, but that wasn't ultimately where he stayed. Right. He was set back into a community and then a family, but, and this is the part that's so hard for us as women. You're right. When we are at our lowest, it is the hardest to reach out. And so I would just encourage anyone listening. If you're not at your lowest, now is a great time to start building that community. <laughs> right. And you are going to have to be the one to do it. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants someone else to reach out to them. Somebody's actually got to do the reaching out. And I will say 90% of my life, I have been the initiator with friendships and it's always been worth it. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's a little awkward. It's a little hard. Like it's, I, we've moved like four times in the last, you know, six years. So I've done this a lot recently. Yeah. But man, it's always been worth it to reach out in the church, to build friendships so that you can support each other so that we can be the body of Christ, extending that compassion, that love, and ultimately ushering in the peace that Jesus offers to our sisters when they need it most and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I mean, and you know, God gives us all different gifts. And so right. when we come together like that, one thing that I've realized by forcing myself to bring in, you know, to, to let myself be part of a community of women. It's that they are all very different. And sometimes that can almost yes. be like, no, they're not like me. You know, they're not responding the way I wanted to respond. But then I started to realize that there's like, that's good, right? Like God yeah. gives them a different gift. And so learning how, like one of my friends is really, sure you're going to be listening to this when I ever put it out, but she is very, <laughs> um, like very uh, like hold you accountable. Like she's like, Nope, no messing around. Like this is how you do it. And then she's just, she's really like on it and very organized. And, um, and that's, that's, that's really good in certain circumstances. Like I need that. I need her to be like, what are you doing? Like, no. Um, and so it's just, it's really good to kind of see all of that. And you never know how God's going to use each person or use you. Like you're also going to be a part of this group, right? Like when you come together like that, like there are times when I pour into them in different ways and they pour into me in different ways. Yep. Um, and it obviously takes time to get to a place where you're sharing, you know, your totally. life story with people. Um, but it's, it's what God intends for us. I think about Elijah when he like isolated himself, you know, he's yep. basically like, I'm out and he thinks he's all alone. <laughs> and God's like, actually I have like 7,000 other people. Like you're not the only one, but there are lots of people who haven't bent the knee. Yeah. Yet. Yep, <laughs> but totally. go ahead and find your replacement. Cause I mean, he was, it just, it's, <laughs> when you try to, it's a lot to burden, I mean, to carry. And like Moses, like you were saying, he was trying to do it all alone. And Jethro comes up and he's like, you're going to, like, you can't, you're going to burn out. It's not good. Like you need delegation and help and all this kind of stuff. Having your, um, not only help with things, that's another part of it, I guess, but also just, uh, having this circle around you that you're not the only one at the top Yeah. because not only is it a burden, like Paul experienced that too, it's a burden in the sense that it feels like a lot of weight, a lot of pressure. Like God gave you something. And this is huge. Yeah. I mean, like Paul was called to, to be the apostle to the Gentiles. So he's like, so you can tell in his writing, he's just so um, like takes it so seriously, Yes. but it's a slippery slope to, I take this so seriously and getting either burnt out or really prideful. Like I'm so awesome. Right. God had me do, you my know? thing. This is my thing that I'm doing. No, it's exactly. the Lord. It's the Lord's right. thing. And so, yeah, and having that group is really important to just keep you in check, whether you're maybe things are going too well and, you know, you're you're, like, keep you in check there, but also when things are going bad. And just an encouragement too, for, you know, any sisters listening who 
don't have that group yet or who feel like that's impossible or feel like they're unwanted, I just want to speak to that lie. You are wanted. You are needed in the body of Christ. What you bring to the table, you might not feel like is very special, but I can guarantee that it is because how the Lord has made you is beautiful and is needed in the body of Christ. Um, And just an encouragement that community in whatever season you're in right now probably won't look like how it has in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of some of the friendships and the intensity of friendships that I had in college. And even as a young adult, before I had kids, mm-hmm. it's just not feasible right now. Like most of my girlfriends and I, the ones who are in my small group, and these are my small group women, we communicate like 90% via text, you know, prayer requests, needs, help with childcare that all comes through text. It's not these like long drawn out heart conversations, although that happens occasionally. Um, so this is kind of an aside, but I just feel for anyone who's listening, who's like, I don't have that. And I want that, but I don't feel like there's a place for me and sister go make a place for someone else. Cause I guarantee you, if you open that door for community, for someone else, if you will hold the door open for other women to join you, other women are desperate for that community and for the peace of Christ that is welcomed in when his people dwell together in unity. Mm-hmm. So go open that door and find a blessing for yourself and some other women in the process. Yeah. I mean, you said it was an aside, but I, I mean, I, it's part of the process because if right. we, like you said, if we just do the first two, I mean, they're really, they're all three equally, maybe important. Totally. If we're in our scripture and we're, you know, reading and praying and all of that, that obviously having one without the other, it's like, they're not fully complete, I guess. Yeah. You will experience some peace for sure. Um, if you're reading and praying and really hearing God on that, but it's when you finally bring it together in all of those ways and, um, body of Christ. Yep. mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I wanted to transition a little bit and talk very specifically to the audience here, um, about like the circumstances around, you know, the women who are listening are Mm -hmm. either starting a business or have been, you know, they're trying, they quit their jobs or whatever, and they're at home and it's, hard and there's so many things coming at them. So as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, we sometimes think like, I don't have time to do all that (laughs) at the same time. Yep. We need to do all that. So you start, you have a business um, mm-hmm. where you do online courses and things and all, you yep. know, all the things that people listening would want to do. So <laughs> can you speak about, you know, the specific circumstances, I guess, around how you experience, like how you've had to pursue peace while yeah. doing your business, while growing your business absolutely. and stepping out in faith and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I started the Lord, I should say, started writing with grace in 2016 we had moved. I, I was actually teaching at a college. I had a great uh, teaching college position and my husband was a pastor on staff, but we really felt clearly that the Lord had called him to go to seminary full-time. Mm-hmm. And so we moved out of state and he started seminary and I was looking for new academic positions and there just weren't any in the area that we were in that would have been a good fit. Um, and academia is kind of just hard, can be hard to break into anyway. And, um, we were just praying and thinking about it. And I was like, you know, my dream would be really, I taught some, um, faith-based writing courses online. And I was like, man, this is really a sweet spot for me. I'd love to do this. So we prayed about it and my husband's way more like, I'm very risk averse. So I was like, I don't, I'm not, I don't know about this. I don't think I'm an entrepreneur. Turns out I am. Cause that's what the Lord has called me to, but like in my natural state, I'm not a risk taker. Um, but we just prayed and, and it was like, you know what, let's try this. Let's try to 
have you start a business where you're going to teach Christ-centered college university level courses online. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had three months of income left so we could make it to December <laughs> and it was and cost- the holidays. That's awesome. Yep. I know. Right. And it was going to cost a thousand dollars for us to get my business off the ground between like website, um, you know, professional photography, setting up all the back end stuff, all the legal stuff. And I, at the time, I mean, in seminary with a young two-year-old and no income, I just remember thinking like, this is so much money. Like, and my fear was that we're going to put all this money toward me trying to do writing with grace. And then it's going to flop. And then we're gonna have even less money to like make it through December, you know? Um, but here's what I kept coming back to Alexia. And I mean, those, your listeners who are in this boat will understand the peace was in the obedience. The Lord was calling me into this new adventure. Um, he was calling me away from the security that I had known in the academic world of like a steady paycheck and a job with very clear functions. (laughs) Um, and as Michael and I prayed and we talked to family and friends, you know, try to get our community involved, prayed, read the word. The peace was in writing with grace, the peace, the, the path that seemed very clearly laid out for us through prayer and conversation was to try. Mm-hmm. And I had no guarantee from the Lord that it was going to work. Right. None. But the peace was in the trying. It was in the obedience to say, okay, God, I feel like this is what you're calling us to. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to try. I'm going to put myself out there and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt so risky for me. I was, I was scared to death that it was going to be a total failure. Um, and it wasn't, it was great. I mean, <laughs> it, it has not been without its ups and downs, but if you had asked me in 2016, when I launched this thing, would I still be doing this, you know, gosh, six years, six plus years later, there is no way I would have imagined that this would have been the way that the Lord sustained our family through seminary, um, sustained our family. When my husband got fired, it has been virtual. So every place we have moved in the last six (laughs) years, I've been able to take it. It has been a miracle and it has, I still don't know where all the women who find my Christ-centered writing courses. I don't know where they come from. I mean, I've had people all over the world. I'm like, how did you find me? It's just been the Lord. And that's not to say I'm special or anything like that. It's just that I feel like I've kept saying yes to the next thing he has asked of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has cared for us in surprising ways, you know? So that peace came in that season from being obedient to the risky thing. And that's not always where the peace is going to come from, but in that season, it came from taking a risk and just saying yes and trying, trying what I felt like God was calling me to. I said, okay, God, we'll try it. And that's where he provided for us. I'm so thankful. Yeah. Well, and I I think that so many times, like, first of all, women get stuck in that place, right? It's really, they, they don't know how to find the peace or they don't there's like this battle, right. The going on mm-hmm. about having the more secure job or having the money or like right. the not knowing if this right. whole online business thing is going to work. Right. And so the piece you're talking about, isn't like, it's not like knowing it's going to work. It's like, mm-hmm. you're saying it's just 
feeling like it's the right thing to do, even though it looks kind of crazy. And I say that all the time, God asks us to do things that look kind of crazy, but if it feels right, like wrestling with that is, is hard. Yeah. Um, and finding that piece and just being, learning how to walk in that. I think that's a skill. And I feel like it's a journey for so many people because some people can hear that story and be like, well, I'm terrible because I totally felt that God was calling me to do (laughs) this. And then I, cause you know, we said, I tried and it's like, some people think, well, I tried. I'm like, but did you really try? Right. Because we're scared and we're saying yes, but, and so we're still trying this and that and that, and we're not really Mm. like, you know, trying. Um, Well, and I think there's something to be said too, for, for, for the piece of wisdom of having, here we go back to community, right? Like I didn't just jump off this cliff by myself and just say like, forget it. I'm leaving everything. And I'm doing this. We had my family. We had the friends that we had around us who are all in this with us and like praying with us, asking us questions. I remember literally my dad was like, talk to my accountant for all the legal stuff, you know? So it's like, we had help, um, to try to figure out, with wisdom, like, can we even do this? And we had a backup plan in the sense of like, okay, if this totally flops and we literally have no money in December, like then January, here's our plan X, Y, and Z. And it's going to have to go look for a nine to five, you know, at these places. And we're probably just going to have to say no to this dream. So there's wisdom involved, but there is a reality of like, sometimes God just asks you to step out in faith and faith and the outcomes of that faith will not look the same for all of us. Mm -hmm. You know, some of us, I mean, I'm not, but maybe some of your listeners are going to end up being multimillionaires. Great. Mm -hmm. That's their place of obedience. Some of your listeners are going to make $200 this next year. If that is their place of obedience, that is a kingdom win. Mm -hmm. That is a win because they are being obedient to God. And we don't see the end from the beginning. Like God does. We don't know all of what he's doing. And so as business owners, as women who are trying to figure out what the what the place of obedience is, invite your community in, steep yourself in the word of God, pray fervently. And then when you have green lights on all side, sides, I would say run headlong forward into what God has called you to, mm-hmm. and then trust him, you know, yeah. and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think a lot of times women, you know, I think of my own situation, but when I quit my job, I was not even praying or anything. I wasn't walking with the Lord at all. I mean, I would say, but I just was off my own world. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, but sometimes when we have this thing, it's like everybody around you, they may not understand what you're so, doing or something. So, but I think you can find people who at least you like wise Christian counsel, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. That they at least understand, like my husband, he may not understand God gave me this, but he understands that I am passionate about it. And he under, he yeah. like sees how, how, I guess, strong, I believe in. So I think that, you know, that even if people see how much you believe in it, that you know, that God's called, like you feel this Mm -hmm. is strong. It's not, I don't know. You think I should do this thing. You know, it's, I mean, yes, you're bringing it to them, but there's also a power in people are going to believe in it as much as you do. And Mm -hmm. so if you doubt yourself and this whole thing, and this is complete garbage, you know, all of that, yeah, it's going to be hard to find not only your own faith to be able to walk forward and to have that peace, but also the support of those around you, because you don't even believe in it yourself, you know? Well, and there's, and here's where I think, again, relying on the biblical stories that we have is helpful. Um, 
And I don't know, like your listeners, where across the board they are. Some of them are about to jump into, you know, quitting their job and full time or if they're trying to do a side hustle or whatever. But I'm like, even Paul just had different seasons of his ministry and business. Like there were times when he was totally reliant on the generosity of others to support his ministry. And there were times when he was still sewing tents, Mm -hmm. like while he was preaching the gospel. And there's no, I think my heart with that is like, there is really no shame in what your business ultimately looks like. If it's a side hustle, quote unquote, if it's your full-time gig, if it's something you do during nap time or kind of in between, if you're being obedient to Jesus, it's a win. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to yeah, make a million bucks this year in order to be, quote, successful in the world's eyes. Our calling of success is obedience to Jesus and then letting him produce the fruit in and through us as we are doing the hard work <laughs> of getting our booties off the couch and doing mm-hmm. what he's called us to, um, but letting him control the outcome. And then if we still have to do some tent making, that's great. There's no shame in the kingdom of God in that. But if we're also called to ask other people to support us and help propel us into the ministry God's given to us, great. That's also biblical. Like there's no shame in that either. So um, both and, you know, wherever, when you're coming to this podcast and you're thinking like, well, I, I can't leave everything full-time right now. Okay. But what is God calling you to in your business? Like, where is that place of faith that he's calling you to? Mm -hmm. Um, And then go do that with confidence in Jesus. I love that because like, you're right. A lot of times, especially when we get on Instagram and we start listening to all the people, it's like, we see what everyone else is doing and we're not doing that for whatever, whatever our circumstances are. Um, And we can start to compare and then start to question, like, you know, even though you feel like God called you to this, it's, it's like, it's not good enough. Like, well, but I'm not making as much money as they are. I'm not doing as much as they are. But like mm-hmm. you said there, everybody has their own journey. And I stress that so much because yep. I'm starting to realize that. Cause I'm, I was that person for sure. I thought success equaled, you know, however much money X, y, and, Z. Yep. And, yeah, and it like looked a certain way. And then starting mm-hmm. to realize that, you know, my own journey, like I started homeschooling my six-year-old earlier this year and yep. then my grandmother passed away. like these things happen. Mm-hmm. And then it's like life, like in this season, I've pulled way back because God, I just, God's not calling yep. me to pour heavy into the business right now, yep, but in totally. other seasons, and I feel it kind of coming back around where it's like, there are other times where, mm-hmm. um, you know, you do and, and that's okay. And recognize like the peace comes and yep. trusting that God is going to take you on your journey. Yep. As long as you're leaning into him. And that even if you kind of get off track, he'll bring you back and you could, yep. you're always welcome back. Right. Absolutely. Um, and, and so that coming is, back around. It's such a gift. I, um, I heard through a sermon years ago, and this is something that's really stuck with me and I think is really pertinent for, for your listeners is this, you know, you're just saying you, you've kind of been ebbing and flowing with where God has had you, um, that sometimes you back away from the business and you pour into other things. And, um, gosh, sometimes I wish podcasts were visual, but yeah, the pastor had like a pencil that he was holding up mm-hmm. and trying to balance on his finger. So, you know, if you can really do it, you end up having to get the pencil. Your finger has to be like straight in the middle so that the weight is evenly distributed so that this little pencil just kind of balances on your finger. Mm -hmm. He said, we often think that balance looks like having all our ducks in a row. And so we spend, you know, an hour on making dinner, an hour on doing the dishes, an hour on our business, an hour with our child, whatever it is, you know, Mm -hmm. an hour on X, Y, and Z. And he said, the reality is that so often the Holy spirit will put an emphasis on one end of the pencil, like, okay, your child homeschooling, that's going to require so much of your time that it looks like everything's getting upended 
to lean into that part of your life. But if that's where the Holy Spirit is putting the emphasis and he's undergirding that, then actually when you put emphasis on what God is putting emphasis on, everything else in your life will line up Mm -hmm. peacefully, even if you can't give it much time or any time. Mm -hmm. Um, So the Holy Spirit is moving his finger kind of along the bottom of the pencil as we just respond to where the weight in our life needs Mm -hmm. to go in that season. Um, and then we can be at peace. Even if some things are falling off the map, as you said, we're always welcome back. There's always opportunity to come back to what God has called us to mm-hmm. in a different season. Um, it's not like we're shutting off everything if we're saying yes to God in one area because he's calling us to emphasize that. When you were doing that analogy, I was thinking it's like when Jesus said, like he shares the burden with us, right? And yeah. it's like the other side, he's got, he's holding it up. And I've actually felt like God said that to me at one point I was mm-hmm. grumbling to him about cleaning and because in my mind, I was thinking, no, I need to spend as much. This is a couple of years ago. I, remember yeah. I was like, I need to spend as much time as possible on the business. Cause if it's going to work, da, da, da. and yeah. I was like doing laundry and I was like, God, women, other women, like, how do they have time to do their laundry and stuff and still do their business? <laughs> and it was like, he said to me, if you honor me in your calling to take care of your home, I will like bless your business. And I was like, that didn't come from me at all. Cause I did not, <laughs> you know, I was just like, Whoa. And so just, yep. Yeah. And so over time, this mom with a calling is sort of morphed into that where it's like the calling isn't it's to whatever business, but it's also as a mom and a wife and a Christian, you know, all these totally. things, totally. really you're, you're, it's all together. We sometimes like focus into one into buckets and yes, they eat some of them, like you said, have more weight more time yeah. and effort and energy, but yeah. it doesn't mean you, you neglect the others just to, to pour into one necessarily, Um, especially like your business. I feel like that's something that, you know, just neglecting your family and your kids and like not having any responsibility is not going to bring you success. Um, And the world will tell you that, right? Like, I think especially a lot of the, if, I mean, if we want to use some, like the crushing it, the women that are crushing it in business, like they do, I feel like they all have like personal trainers and personal chefs and like, they never do their own laundry, you know? And it's like, there are times when I'm like, man, that'd be really nice. But that's, that is not what I've called to, you Mm -hmm. know, I have a family and part of my work, although I don't always love it is to do the dishes and do Mm -hmm. the laundry and serve my family in that way. And that's God honoring. And it's good when we're Mm -hmm. doing it as unto him. Um, And yet there's some weeks when like the laundry doesn't get folded very well or at all. And that's okay too. You know, yeah. it's not that I'm striving for perfection. We're striving to be obedient and faithful and God will fill in the gaps. And I want to say really quick too, before we wrap up, I was thinking, I'm, we're not, I mean, we're not saying that having somebody do your laundry or clean is like somehow not Ooh. godly, right? No, it's no, just no. That if the season you're in is that you can't afford somebody, then that's, yep. it's, you st- somebody has to do it, right? <laughs> and Absolutely. so whatever you're being called to do and not sort of um, shunning those other, other callings, because yeah as I said before, I said, Oh, you know, you won't have success. Oh, you'll have success as in like money and your business will probably work really well. But the success, like you talked about before in the kingdom is that you've listened to God and what, like knowing that you're doing what he's asked you to do and the blessings he's going to bring you are just going to be so much more like worth it than whatever you strive for on your own. And that you were able to get. And trying to strive for somebody else's blessings is never going to satisfy. It just doesn't, you know, the, the, I mean, if we want to take it all the way to heaven, like the crowns that we get to throw at Jesus's feet, you know, and that how it all miraculously works, we get somehow rewarded for the things that he's done through us. That's yeah. amazing. Like 
it's not going to matter if it didn't cost me anything. You know, it's not it, the things that I see in other people that I envy, you know, sinfully want, like, I don't really want their blessings. I want the ones that the Lord has for me because my journey with him is the most precious part of it. And, and so what I get out of my relationship with him is ultimately what's going to bring me the most joy. Mm-hmm. So he's worth it. Yeah. All right. So final words of wisdom. Do you have anything to share kind of to wrap it all into a bow? What would you like the <laughs> listeners to walk away with um, when it comes to having peace? If they are listening to this and they're hearing all this stuff and it sounds great, yeah. um, but they really just don't know how to, how to get started. I know you gave yeah. the three, but yep. just, can you speak some encouragement to those women right now who just yeah. are feeling like they're not having peace? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you are not the one who misses out on Christ's peace. You're not too far gone. You haven't made too many mistakes. You don't have to suffer with, um, fear or overwhelm your whole life. Jesus came to give you his peace. And his death on the cross was for the forgiveness of your sins and his resurrection was for your eternal life. One of the many promises he's given you is that his peace is for you today. And so if that's something that feels impossible, I just want to encourage you to, first of all, remember that it is possible because of what Jesus has given to you. And then you're, you have the opportunity to step out and to pursue his peace through the word, through prayer, through community, to let other people love you and point you to the peace of Christ. So I would love to do that in a small way through my book, the path to peace, but ultimately it's going to come through you being in the word of God and experiencing the love of Christ that he's freely given to you uh, on your own through the Mm -hmm. word, through prayer and through community. Yeah, that was beautiful. Um, So where can people find the book? Where can they connect with you and all of this? Yeah, probably the easiest place where it's kind of all together is just on my personal website, which is anneswindell.com. And there's no E on Anne. It's just a lonely A-N-N, but <laughs> anneswindell.com. I do love my name. I just, Anne of Green Gables when I was a kid kind of mm-hmm. broke my heart, but I got over it. It's fine. So yeah, anneswindell.com. And then I'm on all social media platforms. I'm just Anne Swindell. So Instagram is where I hang out the most. I'd love to connect with people there, um, but you can get links to my my book and to my courses through, yeah, both my website and Instagram. All right, great. I'll put those links in the show notes and below. Thank you so much for being with us today, Anne. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Mama with a Calling podcast. As always, you'll find the show notes for today's episode at mamawithacalling.com slash podcast. Really quick before you head out, are you loving these episodes? To make sure this podcast gets in the ears of as many mamas as possible, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. And while you're there, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. I'm going to be reading your reviews on the podcast, so I can't wait to hear from you. Also, if you know someone that needs to hear these episodes, grab a screenshot and share it on Instagram. And don't forget to tag me at Mama with a Calling so I can share it in my stories. Until next time, keep pursuing your calling.